This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Something else. Hello and welcome to another episode of Something Rhymes with Purple, where my brilliant co-presenter Giles Brandreth and I talk about the things that we love about the English language and sometimes the things that really grate on us. And today's subject is going to be one of the latter, I think, Giles, isn't it? Well, more rather than great, make us despair at times. <laughs> Do you remember at the end of last week, I, I quoted a, a famous old poem about the impossibility of getting plurals right. We'll begin with a box and the plural is boxes, but the plural of ox becomes oxen not oxes. And that sort of confusion. Why is one goose a goose and two geese a geese, but the one mouse is a mouse, not meese and mice? I mean, it's all very, very confusing. And I, I'm intrigued by this. And I spent some time doing some homework on it. And uh -huh. I'm, I'm going to share some of that with you okay. today. And you can correct me where you think I'm going wrong. Because I discovered when looking into this, because it so infuriates people, and it came up the other day, do you remember, when I referred to a roof, several roof being roofs, yes. and you said, no, yes. no, 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 you're wrong. Yes. You remember when that? you and I were at school, it definitely was roofs, wasn't it? Yeah. And we were rhyming it with hoof, I suppose. Hoof and hooves, roof and roofs, and wife yeah. and wives. Yeah. But you're telling me now that's not right. Well... As in the dictionary will now tell you, it's roofs. And I, for a long time, thought that I totally imagined roofs or was simply given the wrong one at school. But no, I think there's enough corroboration from people that actually we were taught that it was roof and roofs. And it seems now to have changed to the slightly blander roof and roofs. Well, let me take you through this. And I'm going to begin in the Germanic world, because I know that's the world where you're most uh, happily at home. Uh, yeah. The essence of what purple people must realise that pluralising English is a singular business. But there is actually, as I've discovered, an explanation for most, if not all, of the apparently illogical discrepancies between one plural and another. And it's to do, usually, with the root words, where mm -hmm. the root word comes from. The reason, for example, that the plural of ox is oxen is that both words have come down to us from Anglo-Saxon, the, mm -hmm. the old English language derived, isn't it, from West Germanic? Yeah? Yes. Spoken in large yes. parts of England and southern Scotland between the 5th and 12th centuries. So our modern vocabulary includes thousands of words of Anglo-Saxon descent, mm -hmm. from axe and I to, to you, yelp. But I seem to remember you telling me, I know that buxom and buttock and frowsy are Anglo-Saxon words, but I remember you telling me that the 
a four-letter word, F-U-C-K, isn't. People often refer to it as an Anglo-Saxon word, but it isn't. No, its first records were in the Middle Ages. So quite often we will refer to those good old Anglo-Saxon words as a syn- or as a euphemism, I suppose, for swear words. But actually only things like shit and bollocks, really, are from Anglo-Saxon. And the rest of them came about much later. This is going to be one of those episodes where people really learn a lot. And what will amaze you is, other than oxen... In my view, only two other plural nouns in modern English end the same way. They are, can you guess what they were? Ox, oxen, what are the other two? Child children. Correct. Oh, you're brilliant. And related to that, but not so every day. Mm, Brother brethren. Correct. Oh, you know it all. Yes. Oh, no, I don't know it all. You're completely right. Once upon a time, other nouns like I and house, house, were pluralized as iron and housen. Mm. And the plural of hose, for example, what you wear, uh, used to be hosen. And, of course, we still have lederhosen. In Germany, yeah, that's the German German. plural. So there's a Germanic explanation, too, for why we get geese from goose and feet from foot. Because they change in form. These are known as, am I right, mutated plurals? Yes, the the vowels mutate in the plural. The mutation involving changing the vowel sound of the singular word in a process called umlaut. Is that right? Um, not not as in the, the, the thing. No, umlaut. I, well, umlaut does mean a change in sound, yeah. so that definitely makes sense. Yeah. And actually, the en versus s thing is quite interesting because those two plurals coexisted for quite a long time, and I think the s was preferred in the south, and the en was preferred in the north. I think I've got that right. Could have been the other way around, but there were sort of regional differences, and then eventually en in Middle English was ousted by the s as the kind of standard plural. And that, I mean, other examples of this, where certain words of Anglo-Saxon origin, when we pluralise them, change in this way. Foot Mm. becomes feet, goose becomes geese, louse becomes lice, man becomes men, mouse, mice, tooth, teeth, woman, woman. Uh, yeah. Just as a side here, correct me if I'm wrong, the plural of mouse is always mice, isn't it? Unless you've got a computer mouse. <sighs> well, you know, let's argue about that. Uh, and also, mm. unless you're American, because I know Americans of a certain generation are under the misapprehension that mice may be acceptable. This is thanks, you're too young for this, but mm-hmm. there was a Hanna-Barbera television cartoon series when mm-hmm. I was a little boy called Pixie mm-hmm. and Dixie and Mr. Jinx, which featured as a regular segment Huckleberry Hound Show. That's when I saw it. That's when it was a regular on that in the late 1950s um, yeah. when I was a tiny boy and I loved Huckleberry Hound. Anyway, the series, it, it's in the tradition of Tom and Jerry. It featured two young mice, Pixie yeah. and Dixie, and their bow-tied feline nemesis, Mr. Jinx, whose voice was modelled on that of the actor Marlon Brando. Ah. Uh, 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 and whose oft-repeated catchphrase was, I hates those misses to pieces. <laughs> and that's why people of my generation in America often think that the plural of mouse is meese, because of hearing... Although... Yes? Can I be a right pedant here? Of course you can. Um, If you look in the Oxford English Dictionary, that meese plural goes right back to the 1800s and Ah. was pretty much the common plural then. So it's got form. Well, move over, Marlon Brando. It's not you after all. It's the dictionary, as we always thought. Uh, Now, you say that the plural of the computer mouse is mouses, do you? 
Well, it can be either, I think. If I was to look this up in the Oxford Dictionary, I think it will tell you that as far as the computer sense of mouse is concerned, you can have either. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go for either. Let's be be generous. Let's be inclusive. Now, when referring to other animals, the plural of moose is what? Uh, So the plural of moose is moose because it comes from Algonquian. So it's a Native American language, which is why we don't have meese or mooses. Very good. And there are other things like this. Fish? Well... There, oh. there are people who dispute fish, because when I was a boy again, Frankie Howard sang a song about three little fishes. And yeah. some authorities, I think, allow fishes as a plural for fish. Yes, but Oxford dictionaries do. This is because there was a song called Three Little Fishes, became a number one hit in America in the late 1930s, recorded by Kay Kaiser and his orchestra, but popular in this country, the UK where we're speaking from when I was a little boy, recorded by the comedian Frankie Howard. So that's why some people say fishes. But fish, of course, is correct. Sheep, anything to say about sheep? No, because the plural is sheep, And same, isn't it? same for swine? Yes, same for swine. Yeah. Also quite confusing. That's Old English sheep. So um, we've had sheep in the language for, you know, for, yeah. for since Anglo-Saxon times. Just on um, the computer mices, or mm-hmm. sorry, mices, I was combining them both there. The computer mice, if I look at a usage note in the Oxford Dictionaries, it says that people often feel that this sense of the word needs its own distinctive plural. But in fact, the ordinary plural mice for the computer version is commoner and the first recorded use of it is from 1984 and that is mice as well so although it says you can have both it does say the the sort of most common one is mice good now i want to get on to some spelling problems because the world of plurals is full of spelling challenges do you remember the vice president dan quayle Mm. Uh, how he got potato wrong. He spelled potato with an E on the end. And that's the only thing anybody will ever remember him for. It's awful, isn't it? But what I want to ask you, Susie Dent, is why is potatoes without an E in the plural, potatoes, and tomatoes wrong without an E? Tomato is in the singular, it's just tomato. Make it plural, put an S on the end is incorrect. But avocados... Mm. Is correct, isn't it? Avocado and the S for the plural of avocado. Mm. Can you explain yes. that? I think it's purely, well, idiosyncrasy, but also the fact that avocado is from Aztec. Aztec, do you remember, it means testicle in the Aztec language because of its shape, because an avocado is slightly testicle shaped and then came into Spanish etc but it doesn't quite make sense because potato came to us from I think that's from Spanish so it came through Spanish again and originally meant a sweet potato and then a tomato called a love apple for a long time because it was considered an aphrodisiac is actually also like avocado from that Nahuatl language of the Aztecs so it doesn't really make sense and I think it is purely down to idiosyncrasy and as you know Giles I work on have a spelling app with the wonderful Sir Link a lot and we spend all our time trying to explain the etymology of words that can't be spelled phonetically and there are so many of them. Well help me with this the word bus as I know comes from the Latin omnibus Yes, uh, for all. Uh, the plural can be buses, I think, yeah. with one S-E-S, or yeah. buses, B-U-S-S-E-S. Am I right? Yes, yes. And now I think you will find that the standard is 
buses with in this country b-u-s-e-s whereas in the u.s i think they have three s's but in british english the standard is just one in the middle buses is also an old-fashioned word for a kiss isn't it Oh, busa, that's Germanic. Is yeah, it? A, yeah. A bus or a busa. We have a little, yes. little when, when we were bussing one another in the old, oh. so there can be different kinds of buses. But the bus often ends up at a terminus. Uh, and the word terminus, like the word omnibus, it comes from the Latin, but the plural of terminus can be terminuses, one yeah. S, yes, or it can be, I think, termini. It can be termini, but you'll find that with so many. But it's never terminuses with two S's, but buses can be with two S's. Yes. Yes, I know. I know. But there we're here go. to help. We're here to help. So let's, let's, um, yes, go on. What about octopus? Yeah. Oh, remind me, me what one. the answer is there. It's not what? octopi, is it? It's, no. It's, it's oct, it's got, it's some other, other funny word because it's Greek and not Latin. It's Greek, exactly. So people wrongly assume because it's got the US, understandably, that it's Latin. And so they call them octopi. But actually the standard plural is now the English version octopuses with only one S in the middle. But the Greek, if you want to stick etymologically to its origin, is octopodes. That's it. Octopodes. Yes. Octopodes. I'm warming up on um, this. Have I got okay, time okay. have I got time to explore a few things like nouns ending in Y? Because yes. that always interests me. City becomes cities, cherry becomes cherries, calamity becomes calamities. That is actually a pretty standard rule, isn't it? If it ends in a Y, I yes yeah. is the plural. Yes, but remember that cherry, that's actually, again, misunderstanding on someone's part. Remember, English is chock full of mistakes. So we took the French cerise and because it ended in an S, we assumed it was a plural. And so we decided to create the singular from cerise and came up with seri or cherry. So we created cherry as a singular, even though a cerise in French is already singular, but we just misunderstood it. Good. Well, I like that. Now, I think it's a rule that if the word, the noun, ends in ch or s or sh or x or z, you add es to form the plural, like buses or church becomes churches, quiz becomes quizzes, tax becomes taxes, wish becomes wishes. Is that right? Yes, I'm sure there'll be exceptions to that. Ah, but, yeah, and I've yeah. hit on one straight away. The example I gave you there of quiz becoming quizzes, suddenly mm. there's an extra z there. Where's yeah. that come from? Yeah, don't know. I honestly, I did warn you that in this episode, a lot of the time I will be saying, "Yeah, it's funny that," yeah, and I can't really give you an but answer. But that's what's so intriguing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, do you know where quiz comes from? Tell me. Can you guess what it might be a shortening of? Quiz. I don't know. I mean, I know to quiz is to look at something through a quizzing mm -hmm. glass. People who are mm -hmm. quizzical are inquiring, possibly. Mm -hmm. uh, is it a Latin phrase? Quiz something. Q U I S. Yes, it could be from the sort of the idea that it means what, but also it was probably influenced by inquisitive oh. along the way. Oh. Yeah. Very good. Uh, I mentioned words ending in CH like church become churches, but of course mm -hmm. there's a special exception that is worth noting, and that's what's lovely about this. What I like about this is the fact that there aren't any definitive answers in some cases, and it is to do with the evolution. We don't need to put everything yeah. in boxes. We can have disagreements. As a rule, words that end with CH do require the plural ES, witches, mm -hmm. watches, batches, bitches. But if the CH ending is pronounced with a K sound, you just add a solitary S so that batch becomes batches, but epoch becomes epochs. Epoch. Yeah. Monarch 
becomes monarchs. Monarchs. Stomach becomes stomachs. I love it. I just adore that. It's so strange, isn't it? Can we do just one more before I I give you my quiz? I've got a quiz for you. Uh, What about, because this is where we came in with roof and roofs. Yes. Calf, the plural is calves, isn't it? Yes. Knife is knives. Sheaf is sheaves. Shelf, shelves. Wife, wives. Yes. Okay. Okay, so what you're saying, and I think what people are now saying, is that once upon a time, certainly until the beginning of the 20th century, the plural of roof and hoof would be roofs and hooves. Uh, Yes. Now roofs, though still technically allowable, is regarded as archaic and best avoided. But hooves... Yes, I wouldn't allow it on countdown. So I remember someone came up with roofs and I blithely said, oh, yes, that's fine, and then looked it up in the dictionary and it's not there anymore, Uh, I'm afraid. Where are you on half, the plural of half, Let's go. Oh, halves. It is halves, is it? Yes. That so. Let's go halves. If we're going out for dinner, we're going halves. Yes. Okay. Scarf and your wedding. I like the scarf. Have you got another one at home? Yes, we've got several scarves. Or is it scarves? Scarves. And what about wharf? Wharves. Yeah. But <laughs> what? Excuse me. Come okay. Stuck here. Aren't Tell I? me about Snow White and the seven. Well, we know they're people of restricted growth, correctly. But what? What? What would you say? Dwarfs or dwarves? Dwarves, I would say. Yeah, but you're not... Do you want me to look this up? I'm not looking any of these up. No, of course you're not. We're just chatting about it. We don't need to look it up because I think it's interesting. I think if you're putting on a Christmas pantomime, on the poster it's going to say Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs with an FS, even though Seven Dwarves would probably be allowable today. I'm going to... I will let you know. I mean, it is all pretty difficult because... Oh, either, it says. mm, Either. So we have all those words ending in F that become V-E-S, but a lot of other words like belief is beliefs, isn't it? Chief, chiefs, grief, griefs. Oh, what about oaf? You have got loaf. You've got a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. Several loaves of what? Several loaves are loaves. Loaves. But if you call me an oaf and there's several people like me, what are we? I know. We're oafs. I know. And I actually, love it. Do you love it or do you just think, oh, for heaven's sake? No, I think that's what's so intriguing. That are, do you know, it, that, yeah. that oaf I love because um, oaf once meant a changeling. So it was believed to be an elf's child that had been left in place of the real child. So it was sort of stolen by the mischievous elves and a changeling was left in their place. But it's from Old Norse. So it probably originated in the Vikings and their mythology, which possibly explains why it doesn't become oaves then in the plural. You see? If that makes sense. It makes total sense. I think once one stops and begins to think about it, it does begin to make sense. I was going to say that in the case of leaf, the plural is always leaves. Am I right? you are, I think. Unless you are leafing through a book, in which case the verb would be be the F. Makes sense? It would make sense. And unless there are people listening, as I know there are, in Canada... (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're very lucky. We have a big Canadian following for Something Rhymes with Purple. And no doubt somebody will be writing to us from Toronto to tell us that all their life they have supported the Maple Leafs hockey team. Really? Yeah. Do you know, the wonderful thing about the Oxford Dictionary that I have in front of me is that I can actually click onto US English and I think it also includes Canadian English. So I'm putting Leafs in here. And it simply takes me to the verb. Yeah. So um, I'm sure you're right. It's probably just not registering Canadian English, which it needs to. 
But that's fascinating. I didn't know that. Oh, 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 it's almost time for our break. But before we go to the break, I'm just going to give you some amusing O ones. See if you can unravel all these. We've discussed avocado becomes avocados. Solo becomes solos without an E. Zero becomes zeros with or without an E, would you say? Zeros, if you're zeroing in on something as a verb, it's ES. And if it's a number, zero is a noun, it's OS. Excellent. And obviously, if there's an a vowel before the final O, you just had a single S, like rodeo becomes rodeo, studio, studios, zoo, zoos. But with a number of nouns ending in O, ES is always added to the plural, such as buffalo becomes buffalo, bows mm. with an ES, domino, dominoes, echo, echoes, veto, vetoes, torpedo, torpedoes. And yet there are some, I think, and let me end on this, where for no good reason, you get a choice. Banjo, banjo or banjos, cargo, with an E or without an E, flamingo, with or without an E. I just love it. Volcano can be volcanos or volcanoes. I mm-hmm. think that is wonderful. And uh, if you have different ways of doing it in your part of the world, or if you are a supporter of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and in fact they've now changed it and call themselves the Maple Leafs, do let us know. It's purple at somethingelse.com. I wonder what the plural of purple people is. Well, I suppose that is plural. <gasps> Maybe that will be another explosion on a different day. Let's take a break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome back uh, to the episode where Giles has been leading me through expertly the torturous world of plurals. And I'm slightly nervous now, Giles, because you've threatened me with a quiz. Well, it's just a few questions. I want to know what the plural of certain words and phrases correctly should okay. be. For example, attorney general. Ooh, attorneys general. You're correct, <gasps> because you're speaking in the United Kingdom. Uh, As with Mm. Solicitors General, Postmasters General, Secretaries General, the general in these compounds originated not as a noun, like a military general, but as an adjective, general as opposed to specific. But in America, it's Attorney Generals. Here in the UK, it's Attorneys General. So you scored a point. Mm. Okay. Scampy, looking for the plural. That is plural, surely. Correct. Correct. Well done. I tried to fool you. I couldn't. It's not scampus. Scampi is the Italian plural of scampo. Like panini and panino, isn't it? Except no one ever says panino. Panino. Sounds like a character. I have a panino for lunch. I have, yeah, and it made my nose grow very, very long indeed. Hmm. Lord Lieutenant. I think it's the same. Lord Lieutenant's in the US and Lord's Lieutenant for us. Lord Lieutenant because they're lieutenants representing the Lord or Sovereign. Yes. 
You're right. But actually, I don't think they have Lord Lieutenants in the US. They haven't bothered oh, okay. about that. What okay. about Sergeant Major? You see, if I was saying this in everyday conversation, I would say Sergeant Majors. Would but you? it's probably wrong. I think they all follow the same rule, don't they? Because Major here is the adjective. Well, Sergeant Major, Sergeant's Major is allowed, but Sergeant Majors is preferred as being more natural. Ah. So you got it right oh, well, again. Okay. You see, your instinct okay. is always so sure. Mother-in-law. Mother's-in-law. Correct. Court-martial. Courts-martial. Very good. Marshal here is the adjective for military, which is why courts-martial is preferred. But court-martials is also acceptable. Mm-hmm. Sleight of hand. Oh, I like this one. I'd never, ever put that in the plural. Well, several um, people doing it. Remarkable okay, so series of sleights of hand. Slights has to be because, again, of hand is... You wouldn't have slights, uh, sleight of hands, yeah. I don't think. What about Jack in the Box? Hmm. I would say Jack in the Boxes, but that's probably wrong. Well, I think that's quite a difficult one. Jack's in the box because it sounds better. But you're right. Hmm. Actually, it's technically, it should be Jack. Because if you've got a series of toys and they're all Jack in the Boxes, you've got a series of Jack in the Boxes, haven't you? Rather than a series, or well, Jacks in the boxes. It yeah, would be, you, it? yeah, exactly. So the joy of this is some of it you can make up as you go along. I love yeah. it. Femme fatale. Femme with an S, fatale. With an S as well, both of them. Yeah, of course. Sorry. Uh, yes, and finally, cul de sac. Cul de sac, bottom of the sack, or arse of the sack is its literal meaning. Yep. Should be C U L S D E S A C. Comme il faut. Bravo. Salut la copine. Susie Dent knows all the answers. Ten out of ten. Of course it is. You're brilliant, Susie. Inside that amazing head of yours is so much incredible information. It's quite fantastic. Anyway. Well, thank you. I I actually had a lot of notes about the vagaries of English pronunciation, which I'm not sure we've got time for today. Well, bring them next week or the week after. It's going to be me saying, well, you know, it's just because English words came from so many different roots and that's why I pronounce them differently. And I will sound like a board record, but I, uh, not a board record, a board record, record, a a stat record. record. But I'm very happy to, I know a lot of our listeners get hot and bothered about pronunciation totally understandably. So we can definitely talk about it if you would like. I would like to talk about that. I want to return to plurals another day, but immediately I want to get on to the communications we've had from people around the world. Uh, Starting in Glasgow, Mike Mason has been in touch. What is the origin behind words that are only plural? Ah, like pants, uh, trousers, uh, Mm. scissors. Mm. My Welsh wife often says, pass me a scissors, and it drives me mad. I understand that. It mostly is because these things, like binoculars, is the same. We talk about a pair, a pair of trousers, a pair of scissors, a pair of, of binoculars, because they have two parts to them, and it's as simple as that. And, of course, trousers began as two separate parts. They were coverings for the whole leg that were then tied together. They were separate, and they were tied together at the waist. And when they became a single garment, they still retained the plural. And so, yeah, it's simply to do with the fact that they have two components generally to them. Good. We were talking about mice and meese and meeses. There's a library mouse inquiry from Rachel McElhenney. I was listening to your latest episode where the topic of bookworms came up. I thought you might like the Spanish equivalent, which is raton 
the biblioteca or library mm. mouse. I always picture one wearing some glasses while Aww. he reads on the floor. I love that. So we've got bookworms, library mice. It would be great to hear any others from around the world. People can email us at uh, purple at something else.com. Great. Uh, somebody who has is Graham Stokes. I'm an automotive lecturer. In a lesson recently, we were discussing car airbags, and I was asked why the detonator used to set off an airbag was called a squib. I'm aware of the links that the word has with explosives and fireworks as in its definition and the meanings behind the phrases like a damp squib, but was mm. unable to explain the etymology of the word and why it's become known as a squib. Are you able to help? Yeah. Yeah, tell us. Well, do you know what? We don't really know. It goes back to the 1500s and perhaps because it is a kind of small hissing explosion, if you like. Perhaps it's kind of squib, perhaps it's slightly imitative or echoic in its sound. But to be honest, I'm not sure squib to me really sounds like a, a hissing sound before exploding, but it's got lots and lots of different meanings. It can be a filler in a newspaper, it can be a weak person, it can be a short kick on kickoff in American football. And in baseball, I think it's a blooper I think. So lots and lots of different meanings, all of them sort of usually to do with something kind of weak or small or, you know, that fails in some way, as with damp squib, not damp squid, famously, uh, which is a firework that just doesn't ever go off because it is too damp. But I guess the idea of an airbag then is that it goes off with a small explosion, as I discovered once to my cost in a hire car going on holiday in France, where there was an almighty explosion of smoke and I had no idea what had happened. We'd simply gone over a bump on a country road and all hell broke loose and we had to get out of the car in case it blew up. So that definitely was a squib and a half. Do you do fireworks with your children? Did yes. you? Do you? Yeah. I love fireworks. How about you? We used to do milk bottles with rockets in. You put a milk bottle in the garden oh, yeah. in a bit of earth to keep it steady. You'd put the rocket in, you'd light it, and then you'd run away as quickly as possible. And of mm. course... They were all, all, every firework I've ever lit was a damp squib, except the time I went back to try and see what was going no. on. No, it was fine. I just fell backwards. It went up into the air. It was still a bit of a Ooh. damp squib. I'm no good at that sort of thing. Anyway, thanks, no. Graham, for being in touch. And one more from Stuart Clary. Yesterday, our trained mad son asked about why training, as in teaching someone to do something, is called training. Is it anything to do with trains? Good question, Stuart. Yes, it does. I mean, trainers have a really kind of complicated but very exciting life because it's it's taken in uh, tractors and cloaks and grapevines and royal processions. And it all begins with the Latin trahere, meaning to pull or to draw. And that the past tense of that verb, the past participle, was tractus. So that gave us the pulling vehicle, the tractor. It gave us the tracts of land that they cover. It gave us contracts, which draws together arrangements, pulls them together. Extracts, in which something is drawn out. It gave us the train of a wedding dress, gave us a train or procession of things, a royal retinue. And of course, that gave rise to the locomotive sense. Lots of kind of cars, 
engines, etc., that are get together in a procession and then pull something along. And then equally, if you train a vine, you draw it out and you manipulate it into a desired form. And when you train somebody in a, a skill, you are molding people, you're pulling them along and equipping them for a particular task. So really incredibly productive verb, that trahere in Latin. I think the plural of the word dent is encyclopedia. She knows it all. She's quite brilliant. Have you got three interesting words to share with us this week? What are they? The first, I think we all do this occasionally, particularly if you are looking at your phone, but perhaps let's leave technology behind. To nuddle in Suffolk dialect is to walk alone with the head held low. To nuddle. N-U-D-D-L-E. Yes. Lovely word. One that will be very well known to our British listeners. And the reason I mention it is because I would love to know what this is called around the world, because for some reason, so much vocabulary collects around it. And that's riding on the crossbar or the handlebars of someone else's bike. And in Britain, it's riding backy or it's riding croggy quite often. Uh, So Croggy is my second one, C-R-O-G-G-I-E. It's a ride on the crossbar or the handlebars of your friend's bike. I've never heard that word. Never heard that word before. Who did you used to call it? I didn't. I would never invite anyone. I mean, I'm I'm so on a two-wheeled bicycle. I'm so unsteady. I'd never invite anyone to join me. On my tricycle, of course, you're very welcome to sit in the basket to the front or the back. Oh, But Croggy, that's what it's called. Riding croggy, well, there's lots and lots of different words for it. As I say, I would love to know what the purple people call it. And finally, I'm going to give you, from the 16th century, a slap sauce. A slap sauce is a person who enjoys eating fine food or a glutton. I love it. A slap Slap sauce. sauce. Well, now we can all go out to restaurants. We can all become slap sauces. Uh, we can. Why not? Slap your sauce. Just don't make too much in... noise with your guzzling, oh, I would I, say. I don't like people who make noises while they're eating. Nor do I. But we are beginning to go out to see friends again. That's, oh, that's nice. If you're in a part of the world where that isn't possible, please keep in touch with us because we are here for you. And do just communicate with us. It's uh, purple at somethingelse.com. I always end with a poem. It's a short one today. It's by a, a brilliant British poet Stevie Smith. And, well, it's very timely now that, certainly within the British Isles, we're able to go out and see people we haven't seen for quite a while. The pleasures of friendship are exquisite. How pleasant to go to a friend on a visit. I go to my friend, we walk on the grass, and the hours and moments, like minutes, pass. That's lovely. Who's that by? Stevie Smith. Very nice. Marvellous person. And there's some lovely recordings of her reading Mm. poetry. That's, I think, a fun way of introducing yourself to new words is to go into your computer, look up a poet's name, and often you will find there are recordings of them reading their own work. And it's fascinating, I think, to hear how they read. We all need more poetry in our lives and more friends. And okay. get in touch with us. You know where we are. It's purple at somethingelse.com. Something Rhymes with Purple is, as always, a Something Else production. It was produced by Lawrence Bassett with additional production from Harriet Wells, Steve Ackerman, Ella McLeod, Jay Beale, and he's off nuddling somewhere, I guess. <laughs> the it's nuddler gully. who is Gully. What's a plural of gully, I wonder? <laughs>